Mitte. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Welcome to another Wednesday midweek service. Praise God. I pray that you've been having a wonderful day in Christ. I pray that the blessing of God has been with you, that the Lord has been strengthening you on this week, keeping you healthy, keeping you safe, blessing you and your family. Praise God. Let's go into the word, a word of prayer as we get ready for our midweek service. Praise God. Just want to bring a word to you. Amen. Something, amen, that can bless you tonight. Hallelujah. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, God, I come before you tonight, God, as we approach your holy, sacred, sacred word. God, your word is a lamp unto our feet. Father God, a light unto our path. Father God, we thank you tonight for the word of God that for we cannot live, we cannot live by bread alone, God. But we need the words that come out of your mouth. We need them, God. God, help us, God, to learn how to esteem the word of the Lord for what it is as sacred, as sacred, as precious, as powerful. Praise God. God, we need your word, oh God. We need it for nourishment. God, we need it for strength. Oh God, we need it. My Lord God, I pray, God, hallelujah, Lord, that 
God, that we can open up our ears. God, we can open up our heart, God. Hallelujah, Lord. God, and that we can sit at your table and eat. God, and I pray for everyone that tuned in tonight. God, let them block out whatever they're dealing with. God, whatever's going on around them. God, and give them an attentive ear. Because, Father, I believe that the Spirit of God want to speak a word to us tonight. Oh, God, from your heart, God, from your mind. God, and I bind every spirit that would even attempt to hinder your word. Father, let your word have free course tonight in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So I'm going to ask you, amen, to tag your family, tag your friends, invite them to watch, create a watch party, whatever you want to do. Amen. Because God has put something on my heart, amen, to share with the wonderful people of God tonight. Amen. And let us know where you're watching from. Amen. I want you to talk to us. Amen. And I believe, amen, that the word of God, I know it, is going to speak to your heart tonight. It may bring some conviction. It may bring some strength, some healing. Amen. Hopefully it can provoke some thoughts. Amen. But it's just going to be a real word. Amen. To invite people, let people know we're, we're online. I pray that you, if, tonight I'm going to be talking about taking an inventory, an inventory of your prayer life. Amen. We're going to be talking about our prayer life tonight. Amen. And I'm going to show you the importance of it. I'm going to show you uh, how it's being attacked, why it's being attacked. Prayer is literally such an extensive topic as I've been going to meditate on this word, as I've been going to think on it, the reasons we pray. What is prayer? Why we pray? The, um, the, all of the, it's such a vast and extensive topic as I've been going to think on it. You can literally talk about it for so uh, much time. But prayer, as I've been going to think about it, I heard God say that, God said, I just want to talk to people. The prayer, you know, we can kind of mix it and make it so many things and scripted and ritualistic and all of these things. But prayer basically is communication. It's talking to God. It's talking to God. And as I was talking to you on Sunday, what I was sharing with you was the strategic attack of the enemy to try to take out the people of God in this season where we cannot gather, where we have not been as gathering as we've been accustomed to for so many years. And I was sharing with you how the enemy was going to use this season as an opportune time to pray on the people of God. And his objective was going to be to take the saints of God out, to weaken them, to wound them, to bring them back through various temptations into their old lives. But we're going to talk about tonight an inventory of our prayer life. And this is what God is going to share with me. And if we are honest, throughout our Christian walk, our prayer life sometimes is better than at other times. And I'm going to challenge you tonight through the Word of God to take an honest assessment and evaluation and inventory, so to speak, of your prayer life and many of the problems that you have in this Christian race can be traced to your prayer life. And I'm going to show you, I'm going to give you insight. I talked about the enemy wanting to take you out in this season. 
But I want to show you specifically what he's trying to do. The number one thing he's trying to do is to take your prayer life from you. Amen. He wants you to slacken your prayer life. He wants your prayer life to be filled with dryness, dullness, boredness, lethargic, no enthusiasm, no passion, no fervor, no energy, inconsistent, praise God. But I'm going to challenge you tonight to, to be honest about where your prayer life is, and then once you evaluate where your prayer life is, the next challenge is going to be to fight to get it to a level to where you are in tune with God. So let's start off over here in Philippians. I want y'all to tag people. I want y'all to invite people because this is one of the main reasons why um, Christians struggle because of prayer or lack thereof. Amen. Praise God. So I could talk about prayer. There's literally so many scriptures about it, uh, but I'm going to walk through a few. And I don't know how long I'm going to be on this topic, but I want you to be honest tonight. I want you to be honest. As I, as I walk through these scriptures, I want you to really, really reflect, really, really reflect on your prayer life. And I want you to dive in this teaching with me. And if you open up your heart and if you're honest, amen, you're going to be able to recover your prayer life. So let me go right here first. I'm going to go to the book of Philippians chapter 4. Come on, invite your friends, your co-workers, share it, get people on so they can hear a word from God. I won't be long, but I do want to be a blessing to you. Philippians 4 and 6, first scripture, it says, be careful for nothing. That word careful means full of care, anxieties, things of that nature. And as I begin to think upon this scripture, I begin to think about when Jesus, began to, when he was talking about uh, the things that would be coming up on the earth, and he was talking about the anxieties that people would be feeling, the fear, the doubt, the worry, the anxiousness, the lack of peace, the fretting. He predicted that because he knew that all of these things will come up on the earth. And when life gets uncertain, he knew that people would get anxious. They would get worried. They would fret. Their peace would be fought. But being that he knew that, I'm going to show you in the word of God how to deal with that. Praise God. So the scripture is instructing us to be careful for nothing. The number one reason or a great indicator to know if your prayer life is effective, is effective, is you can measure how anxious you are with the scenarios of life. Because as your prayer life is strong, and as your prayer life is fervent, the peace of God will fill your heart. He goes on to say this. He said, don't be anxious or worried or full of cares about anything. He said, but in everything, in everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, he says, let your requests be made known unto God. He said, so this is the manner in which we are supposed to approach life. He said, in everything, every decision you make, and I'm going to show you how you can make bad decisions in life by not being in tune with God. And one of the most humbling things that we've got to accept as Christians 
is, a, is an accurate diagnosis of our prayer life because there's indicators, there's things that show us if our prayer life is effective, if it's fluid, if we're praying in a manner to hear from God. Prayer brings your flesh into discipline. It brings it into subjection. Praise God. He says in every situation of life, he says by prayer or communication or talking to God, in other words, Paul is telling the church, talk to God about everything. <laughs> Praise God. He says, talk to God about everything. <laughs> now, whether you like it or not, your prayer life is going to be attacked strategically by Satan. Satan's, one of his primary strategies is to keep you from praying. Because he knows if you're not praying, you won't have oil in your lamp, which connotates an individual that's in tune with God, that's hearing from God, that's connected to God, and that's being directed by God. So if Satan can get you from off of your prayer life, then you're not going to be in tune with heaven. Because the only way you can be in tune with heaven can have every step ordered by God is to be a person with a disciplined prayer life. You can't run out of the house and say, okay, I didn't get to pray today, I'm going to pray tomorrow. You Christians got to kill that lack of prayer life. You have to make up in your mind that you're going to transition from a sporadic praying person to a person that's going to build a life of prayer. And if you're honest with yourself, you can say, okay, I know that my prayer life is inconsistent, it's sporadic, and because of that, the cause and effect of a lack of prayer life, a lack of prayer life will manifest itself in every area of your life. He says, so with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, he's talking about with thanksgiving because when you approach God with life situations, the first thing you have to do is be thankful when you're going in prayer. You gotta have because even the situation you're praying about, when you enter into that situation, even though you don't have a handle on it, you don't understand it, you still should be thankful because you know that God has this situation in your life for a reason. Amen. He said, "Let your request be made known unto God. Let your request be made known unto God. You got to make sure that all of your requests are being made known." He said, and if you approach life in this facet, I want us to be humble tonight as Christians. I want you to send me a wave, send a wave to us tonight. If you can be honest enough and say, I need to get my prayer life better. I need to show up my prayer life. Because the number one way for us to combat the enemy is for us to learn how to network the Bible say where one or two, they say when two people on the earth come together in prayer in agreement about anything, he says he would be in the midst and he would move. Amen. I want you to be honest tonight because so many things can come to try to get us off of our prayer life. When your attitude's bad, you're not praying enough. When your flesh is loud, you're not praying enough. When you're saying you're a Christian, but you're making decisions off of your flesh or what you think, praise God, that's all can be connected to a lack of prayer. 
The scripture calls it having our senses dull of hearing. In the spirit of God, you all have senses. And when your senses in the spirit of dull, you can trace that to a lack of prayer life. Meaning you can't hear from God. He said, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and mind by faith. Okay, that was my intro. All right. Let's go over here to the book of Luke, chapter 22. And the devil don't like this. Amen. But that's okay. We need to understand this. Because so many Christians, y'all, I'm telling y'all, this is the source of the mistakes of Christians. Prayer life. When your prayer life is strong and consistent and not praying uh, like Jesus said, out of vain repetition or out of pretense making long prayer, it's not about repetition. It's not about how long you pray. It's about the sincerity of your prayer. It's about the honesty. It's about the humility in your prayer. Praise God. So I want you to listen to this. And okay, so Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32. Amen. Luke chapter 22, 31 to 32. Somebody say, Lord, help my prayer life. God, help my prayer life. And God want to help your prayer life. Let's look over here in Luke chapter 22, verse 31. And saints, listen, a lot of the shipwrecked mistakes bad decisions you make as Christians can be traced to your prayer life or lack thereof. And the Lord says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you. Point number one that Jesus established with Peter and every other Christian is that Satan desires to have you. So I want you to make this intimate. I want you to make this personal. I want you to put it in your mind tonight, put it in your heart, and I want you to say to I want you to say out loud wherever you are, Satan desires to have LJ. And put your name there. Satan desires to have me. You need to establish in your mind that Satan desires to have you. Satan desires to destroy you. Satan desires to ruin you. Praise God. You need to get that in your mind and you need to understand it. You need to grasp it. That's point number one he made. He said, Peter or Simon, Satan desires to have you. Look at the revelation in this. There at the end of, of Luke chapter 22, and he's still calling him Simon. In another passage, he called him Peter. Peter was the maturity of his name. He said, you shall be called Peter, which is being interpreted a stone. But after three years of walking with the Lord, he called him Simon. Why was he calling a three-year disciple by his natural name versus his spiritual name? Because there was things that Peter still needed to mature in. So look what he told him. He says, Satan desires to have you, point number one. Point number two. The tactic or the strategy that he's going to use against you, Simon, is that he may sift you as wheat. Sifting, saints of God. I want y'all to think about sifting. Sifting is a slow, gradual process. Now, what does that look like in the spirit? Let's say you were, at some point in your Christian walk, 
a disciplined praying person. You make sure you are like Daniel. The scripture says Daniel prayed three times a day, morning, lunch, evening. And Daniel made sure that he didn't let anything stop his prayer life, praise God. But So let's say you reached a point in your Christian life to where your prayer life was disciplined as Daniel's, praise God. Disciplined as Daniel's. Prayer was consistent. Prayer was something you did routine. He said, okay, Simon, since you got to know that the tactic that the enemy is going to use against you is called a sifting. If you pray seven days a week, he's going to start gradually by trying to distract you one of those times. He's going to try to break your routine. And let's say then you may, you, he may fight you in your sleep pattern. He may fight you to have you restless at night, and you know you're accustomed to praying in the morning. He fights you and try to keep you restless at night or cause you to watch something longer. You don't sleep as much, and you don't see it as a big deal, but you get up in the morning and you miss your prayer time. That's step number one. Any ground that you're losing in your prayer life, any amount of time, it's a strategy of the enemy that he's sifting you, and you're being worked on little by little, slowly but surely, every inch of progress that the kingdom of darkness make against your prayer life, you have now entered into being affected by a strategy called sifting. Now, if you know that you're not praying like you used to, I guarantee you, you can start tracing, okay, this is about the time my prayer life started withering. And then when your prayer life starts to wither, then an attitude might flare up. A fleshly desire may manifest. You may start allowing temptations to impact you more. These are all indicators that, that we've got to be keen enough and in tune enough with ourselves so that we can know when we slack it. For instance, I remember I was working with this guy. You've got to know yourself. You've got to know your spirit. You've got to know, praise God, you've got to know your spirit, man, as much as athletes know their body, praise God. When you are an athlete, and let's say you 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 playing in a sport, and you know when your body is strong, you know when your body is fresh, you know when there's an injury, you know when something just don't feel right because you live in this body, you know your body, and they the coach may be trying to push you, and you like coach, I'm not ready to go, and they can put the X-ray and the MRI and all of this. And then can say, yeah, man, but we don't see anything. But you, you know your body. You know how you feel. <laughs> so it is in the spirit. You got to know yourself. You got to know when you've been sifted. You got to know when you're off your game. You got to know when you've given up ground in your prayer life. You got to be honest enough with yourself to say, you know what? I don't pray like I used to. My attitude, I'm snapping. I fell off in my flesh. You, I guarantee you that when you Christians can trace their, down, their downfalls to slacken in prayer, to slacken in prayer, guarantee you. You've got you to gotta be honest enough with yourself and say, okay, the enemy set out a strategy to sift me, and it's working, or it has worked. He has, and, and you've got to know, praise God. You've you got to know, praise God. You've you got to know. You can put it right there. You gotta know that when you've been sifted, there's an effect. So he told Simon, point number one, Satan wants you. And guess what? 
the longer you've been in God and the bigger your title is, the more he wants you. Because it's just like somebody hunting for a big deer, a big buck, or whatever they call it. I'm not a hunter. The bigger the, the, bigger the kill, the more thrill and the more damage. The longer you've been in God, the more people watching you, the greater victory it is for the kingdom of darkness to cut your head off and flash it around. So don't take it personal, but you gotta, you got to know because Satan wants you. But when you're strong, he's not going to try to knock you off all in one blow. He's going to start with trying to grab one of them days of prayer. He's going to start when you get up throwing something in your mind to distract you. He's going to start by making you open your phone and start scrolling on Facebook. But when it's your prayer hour, you should be praying you on social media. I'm telling you, this is all strategically done by the enemy to get you off of prayer. Because he knows if he gets you off of prayer... You're getting your arm off. We've got to be honest, church, and we've got to be able to admit I've been slacking in my prayer life. I'm not as disciplined. Praise God. But look what Jesus said. He said, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. Do you need to get some people in your life that can warn you before the enemy come? Jesus wasn't the kind of friend that waited till he fell. And then he say, okay, man, I can see you fail. No, Jesus was in a place with God to where he was able to discern not only the attack on his life, but he was able to discern the strategic attack that Satan was getting ready to launch on Peter. So you need people in your life that can cover you in prayer and say, hey, this is what's coming your way. But I, I already saw what was coming your way. But I intercepted it for you. If you don't have friends in your life like that, you need to find you some spiritual people. Because every one of us is going to be attacked. And you need friends that can come with a word of knowledge. See, this is what a word of knowledge is. A word of knowledge is giving you a specific piece of information about something factual that is occurring or will occur. A word of wisdom tells you how to deal with that information. So Jesus told Peter, I'm coming to you with this word of knowledge, and I'm telling you, you are not aware of this, and you think you're strong right now, but God has given me insight into the plans of the kingdom of darkness, and they have a strategic attack on your life to take you out, number one, but the strategy is he's going to sift you. He's going to come at you to try to knock you off of your prayer little by little, <laughs> little by little little. If he can get you to stop praying, it's equivalent to when he plucked Samson's eyes out. When Samson got his eyes plucked out, he couldn't see. But the only way Samson was able to recover his sight, he couldn't recover his sight by blaming anybody. He had to go before God in humility. And when he went before God in humility, then his hair began to grow and he began to go back to God and his sight was starting to be recovered because he humbled himself and started praying again, praise God. <laughs> Satan desires to have every one of you watching tonight. Make no mistake about it. And the strategy to get you off of your walk in God is to sift that prayer life. <laughs> Listen, you need people in your life like Jesus that can speak to you and say, LJ, I see you strong today, but this is what Satan getting ready to throw your way. And I pray for you. Or in other words, I intercepted the plan of the enemy for your life. When you didn't even see you was getting ready to be under attack, I covered you. 
and I love you so much. And because I lo- the only way people can speak a real word of knowledge in your life is if they really have love for you. And because of the love that Jesus had for Peter, he was able to get insight into what Satan was going to try to do. You need people in your life that pray for you and love you so much that God will show them what the devil is coming at you with and they can intercept that in prayer before it even gets to you. (laughs) Praise God. That's what you need. (laughs) Jesus said, but I prayed for you. He said, I see what the devil trying to throw you away, but I got you. Then he said, my prayer for you was that your faith fail not because you're going to need it. He said, and I'm so confident in my prayer, I believe that God answered my prayer. He said, when you get converted, when you overcome that thing, strengthen your brother. Jesus was telling him, you're going to have a lot of attacks, but I believe that your faith is going to remain and you're going to reach a point where you're going to get strong in your salvation and you're going to be able to cover people the way that I've covered you. Praise God. Hallelujah, Lord. Do you need people in your life that love you enough and that are burdened enough for you that God will give them a word of knowledge about specific attacks that's coming your way? That's what I need. That's what you need. You don't need people in your life that, that just come in agreement with everything your flesh say, every idea. But you need friends in your life and in your circle and in your corner that when you're not connected to God, they are connected for you and they can cover you, praise God, just like Jesus did. You need people in your life that can get in touch with God for you. So Jesus came with this word of knowledge and praise God, he was able to bless his friend. You need people covering you like that, praise God. So let's go down a little bit. And he said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both in the prison and to death. And he said, I tell you, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before you have denied me three times. What the Lord was telling him is this. (laughs) You're not in a place that you think you are. You're not in a place that you think you are. Peter meant well. (laughs) Peter meant well. But Jesus knew where he was in prayer. Oh, man. Let's go down in this chapter. Let's go down in this chapter. See, many times, man, people come into God and you can warn them and you can tell them Satan desires to have you and you're going to be under attack and Satan is going to try to take you out. And because they come to church or whatever, they're having a powerful encounter with God and they think that they can live off of that high or that power or that encounter, but that encounter is not going to take you through the strategic attacks of the enemy. You can have a powerful encounter today and be taken out tomorrow. Hallelujah. So let's go down in this chapter a little more. Let's go to verse 39. And we're talking about our prayer life. We've got to understand that Satan is trying to knock us off our prayer life. He's trying to knock you off of your prayer life. And you've got to be honest enough and say, I don't pray enough. Now, I don't want y'all to put that in the comments. (laughs) But in your heart and in your mind... You've got to be honest enough and say, my prayer life needs some work. My prayer life needs some work. You've got to be honest because maybe you have been sifted. But the reason the Spirit of God is talking to you tonight is because he's showing you what has happened to you. 
then why are you so irritable? Then why are you in the flesh? Then why are you not in tune with God? And why you keep making bad decisions? You cannot make a bad decision if you wait on God before you make the decision. That's another element of prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So look at this. Now we're in the same chapter, verse 39. We're talking about our prayer lives. We're taking inventory of our prayer lives tonight. The Bible said he came out and went, and as he went, W-O-N-T means this, as he was accustomed to. The Bible is telling us right here that it was a habitual practice or an habitual way of life for Christ to go to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. Look at this, how beautiful this is. The scripture said that Jesus was going to a place where he went all of the time for prayer, and he went and he prayed, and his disciples followed him. But they didn't pray like he prayed. And as he was at that place, he said, he's telling them, he said, pray that you don't enter into temptation. A lot of you fall into temptation because your prayer life not strong. If you don't have a strong prayer life, you're going to fall into temptation. Why? Because you're not in tune with God. You, don't, you can't govern your flesh. You can't govern your attitude. You can't govern your temper. You can't govern your spirit. You can't rule your spirit with a, with a sporadic prayer life. If your prayer life is inconsistent, there's literally no way you can keep your spirit under control. Look what Jesus said. In essence, what he's telling him is if you don't have a prayer life, when temptation comes, you're going to fall. He's saying the only way you can overcome and endure temptations, <laughs> temptations is if your prayer life is silent. He said, and as he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, he just threw the stone. The stone was thrown about in distance. <laughs> he said, he kneeled down or he humbled himself and prayed. He said, Father, if thou be willing, he said, move this cup from me. Now, I love the way he prayed. I love the way he prayed. I absolutely love the way he prayed. Because real prayer, see, first of all, he had some things to pray about that he didn't even want them to hear. So he got out of their hearing range because he knew what he was feeling in his flesh. You see, when you're feeling things in your flesh that you know is contrary to the voice of God, then you, some of those things that we battle with, we can't pray that around everybody. That's why rule number one about prayer, it's got to be intimate. It's got to be honest. It's got to be intimate, transparent, honest. Because if it's not honest, it's not going to be effective. It's not going to be effective. And some of the things that you're battling with, some of the things that you've got to talk to God about, to get people away from you, to find, carve you out time in your life to talk about the things that's really bother you. God, I'm anxious right now. God, I'm worried. God, I'm concerned. You kind of find a way. And Jesus, the Messiah, felt the anxieties of living in this world. He said his flesh was telling him, I don't want to die. That flesh was saying, I don't want to be obedient. That flesh was saying, I do not want to come into subjection with what we agreed upon. He had already agreed with God to come into the world and die. But as he got closer to that cup, that flesh, and he started processing 
all of the things that that death was going to, to come and, and, and that he would suffer, his flesh started re- sending signals like we don't want to do this. And so they put a colon right there because the, the, the scriptures want you to know that this was a real battle. He said, but nevertheless, not my will. What he was saying is, I'm getting information from my flesh. And the will of the flesh is not to die. He said, but dying be done. See, what this is showing you, people of God, the only way you can get yourself in tune with God is to, the first lesson right here, is that as he was warned, back in verse 39, meaning he was accustomed to praying a lot. And because he was accustomed to praying a lot, he was able to get his flesh in control. There's no way you can get your flesh under control with an inconsistent prayer life. Not even possible. You're wasting your time. All right? He says, and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Look how beautiful this is. The man got in prayer. He's been honest with God about what he's battling in his flesh. An angel comes and literally visits him in the garden. And you would think at that moment when the angel visited him in the garden and touched him and strengthened him, that he was ready to go. Not so. The scripture says in verse 43, the angel strengthened him in verse 44. And being in agony, he prayed the more earnestly. Colon. It says, even after the angel strengthened him, his flesh was still kicking. His flesh was still battling him. His flesh still didn't want to die. And he was still feeling the sensations of his flesh after a visitation of an angel. See, prayer, you kind of get tenacious in prayer. You can't go pray and say, well, I pray. No, you got to develop in your mind that I'm going to pray until my whole being is in sync with the will of God, until my mind not fight me no more, until my flesh is not raging no more. If my flesh is still battling me and my mind's still not in agreement with the will of God, I'm not done praying. See, you can pray out of routine and say, hey, I pray every day at this time, but that don't mean you're going to get effective results. The scriptures say his routine was to pray, but his routine was to pray humbly and intimately and sincerely, praise God. You can't just pray out of ritual. You got to pray from where you really are. Your prayer life is going to get deeper and richer when you get more honest and transparent, praise God. Praise God. You got to develop a real, real sincere sincere, intimate prayer life all of the time. Praise God. I wish we can be honest and say, you know what? I just don't pray enough, number one. And number two, be honest enough and say, I was a person of prayer, but I have been sifted. I don't pray as much as I used to. Praise God. Either way, in either scenario, in any situation you find yourself in, the reality is, if you take an inventory of your prayer life, you got to be able to admit my prayer life is not the way it should be because I have been under attack from the, from the enemy and the enemy has literally sifted me of my prayer life. The scripture says, 
being in agony after the angel visited him, after the angel strengthened him, it says he was still in agony. Another term for the word agony is stress. Here is the Lord going in prayer, getting a visitation from an angel, and still feeling stress. If you praying and you don't feel a peace of God filling your heart, you're not done praying. You got to go back and stay in prayer until you can feel direction from God, until you can hear the voice of God, until you get the peace of God on what you contemplate. If you haven't reached a point to where your prayer life is not producing the peace of God, then your prayer life is not effective. Because here is the Lord, after praying, after the visitation of the angel, he still was feeling stress. The scripture says he prayed the more earnestly. And this time, he shifted his prayer, and the Bible says his sweat was as if great drops of blood was falling to the ground. Now, I want you to be honest about this, people of God. When is the last time you got that sincere in prayer and you were that determined to get your flesh in subjection to where it brought you into sweating and tears and crying? <laughs> Praise God. That's prayer. That's a person. That's a person that's determined not to come out of prayer until they hear from God, until their whole being is in sync with the will of God. I remember when people would pray like that, praise God. You got to get yourself back into your prayer closet. You got to recover your prayer life. You got to recover your prayer life. You can't live this life with a name of a Christian and a prayer life that's inconsistent, sporadic. If your prayer life is not getting you in tune with God, and if it's not bearing witness in your spirit that you heard from God, that you felt the spirit of God, that you're not getting confirmation in this conversation from God, then your prayer life needs to be kicked up another level. I'm just being honest with you. Because God is not interested in how much you pray. When they ask Jesus, they say, teach us how to pray. He say, don't be as the heathen that just come from vain repetition and just pray and out of long prayer, out of pretense, they think they're going to be heard because of that much praying. It's not about how much you pray. It's about praying until you hear from God. And you're not going to hear from God unless your heart is sincere and in the right place. Satan has fought the church's prayer life. And you've got to be honest with yourself. You've got to be honest and say, I just don't pray like I used to. I don't pray as much as I used to. I don't pray as humbly as I used to. I've been sifted. My mind is on social media. My mind is on a pandemic. My mind is on fine. Whatever your mind is on, you got to be humble enough and say, my prayer life is not what it's supposed to be. God is trying to challenge our prayer life tonight. Praise God. All right. Look at this next verse. <laughs> Remember, the Bible says he arose from prayer. He got up out of prayer and he came to his disciples and he found them sleeping for a sorrow. Man, this scripture is literally so good. I'm telling you, the scripture says that Jesus was going to pray. He got away by himself. He told his disciples these words. He said, pray that you don't enter into temptation. He said, Satan is coming for you. He's going to tempt you. And the only way you can survive these temptations and endure them is if you have a strong prayer life. Well, the scriptures say Jesus felt agony. 
<laughs> and when he felt agony, he prayed the more earnestly. The scripture says the disciples felt sorrow as well. And then got so heavy from the sorrow, it made them go to sleep. Sometimes you can go through so many trials that you can feel so weighed down that you just want to sleep. It's not time to sleep. It's time to pray. But they chose to sleep. He chose to pray. Now, obviously, the behavior after the prayer was too different. Jesus conquered the cross in prayer. But they lost what they was getting ready to face because it was time to pray. They was doing other things. And I'm just being honest with you tonight. I'm trying to show you why you're not getting the peace and the victory and the strength in your life. It's simply because you can trace it to your prayer life and the spirit of your prayer life. See, in a relationship, you don't want a relationship that's stale and dry. If your relationship with God is stale and dry, then you can trace it to the prayer life and you can trace it to the spirit that's in your prayer life. If there's no energy, if you're not excited to pray, if you're lethargic, if prayer is like a hobby to you, then I'm telling you, I'm looking at a weak Christian. A, a weak Christian is going to be somebody who dreads prayer, who prays inconsistently, who's lethargic, who don't see the importance of prayer, but don't value it, but not disciplined enough to pray. That is somebody that's never going to get the mastery of a Christian. You got to carve out time to pray. You got to make room to pray. You got to schedule prayer. Why do couples schedule date night? Because you know that the spirit of your relationship is important. But so it is with God. If you know God want to meet you at 5 in the morning, go to bed at 10 instead of 12. If you know that God is looking to meet you at 6 o'clock, you got to maneuver your life. You got to shift things. You got to move things. Praise God. God is looking to meet you. I'm telling you, Jesus came out of that prayer and they were sleeping. They failed the trial. Jesus came out of prayer with the right heart, the right spirit. He overcame in the garden. You don't overcome prayer. You don't overcome your trial when you get in the trial. I want y'all to take note of this. You don't overcome your trial when the trial is upon you. You overcome your trial in your preparation through prayer before the trial comes. You can't get in a trial and then try to get victory. Prayer is, gives you victory before the trial. Praise God. You get victory before the scenario through prayer. I'm just talking all night about your prayer life because your prayer life has been under attack. And it hasn't been consistent, it's been sporadic, it's been dry, it's been stale, and you need to fix it. But the first time you get in prayer, you might struggle. It might not be comfortable because it hasn't been your priority. It hasn't been your habit. But you've got to say, you know what? I'm not coming out of this prayer until I hear from God. I'm not coming out of this prayer until I'm strengthened. I'm not coming out of this prayer until God moves for me. Unless you get that attitude, your prayer life is going to be like a chore and let's be honest, who really likes doing chores? Chores is something you do because it's on a list. But that's not how prayer is supposed to be for a Christian, praise God. Somebody said, I'm taking, somebody said, I'm taking my prayer life back. I'm telling you, you got to fight for your prayer life. I'm telling you, people of God, you got to fight for your prayer life. All right, let's go to this next scripture here. I want to show you something in Judges. Judges chapter 6, verse 36. Judges 
six. Come on, you've got to, I mean, I'm telling you, you can't let the laundry, you can't let chores, you can't let your job, you can't let, I'm too busy to pray. What you're saying is I'm too busy to be a victorious Christian. Because <laughs> you don't understand I got so much to do. Well, you don't understand that if you're not praying, you're not going to last long. Well, I got to go run this area. I got to grocery shop. I got to be to work. No, listen to me loud and clear. Your prayer life is the lifeline of your Christian walk. And if you don't make it a priority, you're not going to last. You know, what's going to happen is you might stay as a member of a church, but you won't be a person that's connected to God. You got to make up in your mind tonight that I'm going to recover my prayer life. I'm going to make my prayer life my priority. I'm going to make sure the spirit of fervency and passion and enthusiasm is in my prayer life. I'm going to make sure that I learn how to pray and not move until I hear from God. Or God strengthens me. Or God gives me direction. If, if you go in and pray about a matter and you come out of prayer without an answer, you are not done praying, praise God. You're not done praying. Praise God. Hallelujah. I just wish people can be honest enough and say, man, I just don't pray enough. You're not going to get a consistent prayer life by acting like you have a good one. And I'm trying to show you indications. Look what God said. He said, I wish you were either cold or hot, but you lukewarm. In other words, man, because sometimes you'll pray, sometimes you won't. You might pray once a week. You might pray when they call prayer at a church, call a fast. And that's why you're not getting the victory. That's why you don't feel a peace of God. Because you can't have an inconsistent connection with God and feel a connection with God. Praise God. Look at this in Judges. Let me show you something about prayer. It's literally so beautiful. Judges. The, this point I'm about to make is about Praying until you get confirmation. See, people used to talk like that. This is why people can pray about something one day and, and they move on it. I heard from God. Then the next week, well, I heard from God. And the two decisions are totally opposite. God is not bipolar. He don't change his mind. Here's the truth about it. You didn't hear from God. Because if you saying God told you one week, no, and the next week he told you, yeah, Somebody talking to you could be the devil, it could be your flesh, but God ain't bipolar. God ain't going to just be changing his mind. So the next point I want to make about prayer is don't stop praying until you get confirmation or you hear from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at, look at Gideon. Gideon is talking to God. Remember, all prayers people is talking to God. And I want you to leave from this lesson. I hope some of you saying tonight... Do you know what? I'm not waiting till in the morning. I'm going to pray tonight. Some of you, you got your DVR set. You got your favorite show program. Why don't you push that favorite show off the list tonight and say, you know what? I'm not going to watch this series on Netflix tonight. I'm going to get my prayer life back. Praise God. I'm going to get my prayer life back. I'm not going to binge watch. I'm not going to do anything. Tonight, I'm going to get started on recovering my prayer life. And don't set a timer. You don't know. You don't know how long you're going to pray. You just need to start building. <laughs> Praise God. And Gideon said to God, if thou will save Israel, God came to Gideon and he told Gideon what he was going to do. They communicate. They communicate. He said, if thou will save Israel by my hand, as thou said, behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor 
And if the dew be on the fleece only, and it be dry up on all the earth beside, then shall I know that thou will save Israel by my hand, as thou said. So here Gideon is he's, he's praying. He's praying about a major, major move. He feel like he, in his mind, he heard the voice of God. In his heart, God came to Gideon and said, hey, man of valor, I'm getting ready to do a great move. I'm going to use you to bring Israel to another level. And Gideon said, okay, that's a big responsibility. He didn't just jump up. He began to go to God in prayer. He said, okay, God, I'll tell you what. I'm going to put this fleece of wool on the floor. Gideon said, God, if this is you, I want some confirmation. When is the church going to start getting confirmation again? Everybody's saying, God told me to do. God told me to do. God told me to do. And then when it don't work out, well, maybe God didn't. No. You don't have to move until you hear from God. The scripture says the steps of a good man are ordered by God. If you're not sure that it's God ordering your steps, get back in prayer until you are sure that God is ordering your steps. It takes discipline to wait for, to hear from God. Because the first time you pray, you may not hear from God. But you've got to say, okay, I didn't hear nothing. I'm going to take a break, but I'm not going to move until I get precision from God. See, prayer is discipline, y'all. When you go into prayer, you're not just talking to God for, like, you're not just passing information. But real prayer is waiting for a response. I want to say that again. You're not praying to pass information. You are praying to pass information and wait for a response, praise God. Amen. You are not praying to pass information. You are praying to wait for a response. So here's Gideon saying, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to do it, God. If it's you, I'm going to do it. He said, make this fleece wet and everywhere else dry. All right. So Gideon got up and it was soaked. Gideon got up early in the morning, and he thrust the fleece together, and he wringed the dew out, a bowl full of water. Gideon went in prayer. He got up, and God did just what he said. But what if you pray, and you're not sure, you're still not confident? Go back again. And Gideon said unto God, he said, God, don't be angry. See, I'm, I'm trying to show you how prayer works. He said, don't be angry and be hot against me. He said, let not thine anger be hot against me. He said, God, I believe I heard from you, but I'm just not sure. See, God, he said, and I will speak this but once. But this one. He said, let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry only upon the fleece and upon all the ground let there be dew. See, some of you are facing some major decisions. And you won't even take the time in prayer to get confirmation from God about literal life-altering decisions that you're getting ready to make. How many of you know who you married should be preceded by some fasting and prayer and some counseling? The way you're going to work, should you move from one city to another? I mean, we're literally talking about life-altering decisions being made on sporadic prayer lives. You can't, if you're not sure that it's God, don't stop praying until you are 100% sure that God is instructing you. 
A lot of people, they don't have enough discipline to wait on God to get the confirmation that they need. So they just say, well, God said it. And sometimes it could be your flesh and could be the enemy or just your own intellect and reasoning. But you don't want to just do something. Y'all, prayer is discipline. Prayer is on purpose. Prayer, I mean, a relationship with God has to be intentional, y'all. Lord have mercy, Jesus. Hallelujah. Prayer has to be intentional, man. And, and, and God did so that night. So it was dry up on the fleece only, and there was no dew on the ground. That's called relationship. That's called relationship. Whenever you're in a relationship with God, you're communicating with God. You're communicating with God. You don't have to move until you know for sure that it's God. That's prayer. Man, there's so much good stuff in the word about prayer. We need to stop as Christians just doing things and casting it off on our heard from God. If you know you didn't hear from God, stop saying God said it. But you can hear from God if you're disciplined enough. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, let's go over here to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. The next point I want to make, I hope y'all writing this down. Prayer changes hearts. <laughs> Praise God. Prayer changes hearts. Write that point down. I don't want you to miss that. <laughs> Prayer changes hearts. A lot of the things you worried about, some of you, you need people to make some major decisions. You, the Bible said the heart of the king, I want you to listen to this, is in the hand of God. And the scriptures say as the rivers, it say as, as the rivers God can just turn them, it's saying God can take a king's heart and turn it however he will. Somebody is facing a major decision that somebody else is getting ready to make a major decision about your future. And if you don't care enough about that decision, then that decision is coming your way. It could be you getting ready to go before a judge and face a sentence. And if you're not disciplined enough to go before God in prayer, man, God, could, the sentence can be on the judge's mind and God can deal with them tonight to change their mind. I'm telling you, the scripture says that the heart of the king is in the hand of God. And if you're going to be lazy and haphazard about your future, God is not going to move on your behalf. Look at this. Luke 18. Man, I'm y'all, prayer like prayer. Somebody say, pray, 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 pray. So y'all write that in the comments. Pray, 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 pray. Gotta pray, gotta pray. Luke 18. It's saying he spoke a parable to him to this end. He said that men ought to always pray and not faint. Faint mean give up. <laughs> Look what he's telling the church. He's trying to give them a parable. He said the church should always be praying and not giving up. Saying there was a judge in a city. He said the judge didn't fear God and he could care less about no human. The judge just felt like he was in control. He was powerful. And he probably made many decisions in that city answering to nobody. And the Bible said in that same city there was also a widow. Somebody without money that couldn't go bribe the judge. She didn't have anything to offer. All she had was an attitude that I'm not going to stop until I get the result I want. Lord Jesus. And she walked up to that judge and she said, avenge me of my adversary. She walked in that courtroom and she said, Judge, 
I've got an adversary that's against me, and I need you to avenge me, or I need you to get this adversary off of me. Adversary just means something in her life that was adverse or against her. That can be anything you face in praise God. It could be a sickness that's adverse to you. It could be a court sentence. It could be a landlord. It could be any adversity in your life. That's something that you need to be praying about. The judge, and look, he would not for a while. See, this is a test of prayer. A test of your prayer is are you going to stop praying because you're not getting an answer in for a while? See, the Bible says the judge didn't answer that woman for a long time, for a long time. She prayed and prayed and prayed and got no answer, praise God. And a lot of you, instead of being patient and persistent in prayer, you get up and go do whatever you want, praise God. But real prayer, y'all, I can't stress this enough, it takes a lot of discipline, it takes a lot of consistency. You've got to put it in your mind that you're not going to be a lazy Christian anymore, that I'm going to make time. I'm going to be like this with a woman. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to marry this woman or this man unless I know that it's God doing it. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to, unless I know that God is leading me to do it, I'm not moving. Why is taking you so long? Because I haven't heard from God yet. Hallelujah. I haven't heard from God yet. The scripture says, though I fear not God, and I don't regard any man, he said, yet because this widow troubles me. See, you gotta, a lot of you, you're not troubling heaven enough with this adverse thing that's in your life. The Bible says that the judge had to confess and say, I don't care about what God say. I don't care about what a man say. I don't care about nobody. The only reason I'm getting ready to avenge this woman is because she won't stop coming. She won't stop coming. Look what she said. The judge said, I will avenge her. Lest by her continual coming, she weary me. Praise God. Lord Jesus, church of God, God is telling you tonight, weary him. Trouble heaven. Don't stop until you get in touch. If you got to call a fast, if you got to set away six hours, if you, what God is trying to appeal to you and let you know, connect them back with Sunday. In this season we're going through that we can't gather like we've been accustomed to, you're under attack. Satan desires to have you. And what you got to do is make up in your mind that I'm going to fortify my life in prayer. I'm going to fortify my life. I'm going to stop being inconsistent in prayer. I'm going to stop praying on my way to work for three minutes. I'm going to stop saying, now nah, lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord. My, you got to get past that. I'm going to stop just throwing my hour for the prayer. No, you got to make up in your mind that I'm getting ready to develop a connection with God. I'm getting ready to become a prayer warrior, an intercessor, a praying person. I'm going to have a prayer life. And I, in order for me to have a prayer life, I've got to stop all the Netflix and the social media. and all. You can't have an effective prayer life if all of your free time is consumed with other things. I'm literally talking in layman terms to you tonight. Your time is being consumed with too many things but praying. And it's manifesting through all kind of areas of your life. <laughs> Do you mean to tell me you can go 
five, six, seven days without praying, but you can't go six hours without opening your Facebook page. I want us to have a gut check tonight. I want us to be honest. Think about if we prayed as much time as we spent on Instagram. Think about if we prayed as much time as we spent on Snapchat. Think about if we prayed as much time. I want you to think about that as a Christian. I want you to evaluate. What if I prayed as much as time, as much as I text? What if I prayed as much as I gossip? What if I prayed as much as I, what if I prayed? What if I, what if I was a praying person? What if I was a person of prayer? Praise God. What if? Praise God. You gotta challenge yourself like that. You gotta be honest with yourself like that. You gotta say, I spend too much time doing other things. And the only way you can start building your prayer life is admitting, I watch too many series on Netflix. I do too many other things. I'm, just be honest. Because you can't recover or build a prayer life except you take an accurate assessment of where it is and how it got there. Man, I'm trying to help the people of God. <laughs> a lot of the problems that I encounter and that I see is because people are not before God. You can't control your flesh if you're not standing before God. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. The scriptures say, because the judge say, and the Lord said, hear what the unjust said. Unjust judge said, look what Jesus said. He said, do y'all hear? Church, do you hear? How this widow woman moved the heart of a judge that didn't care about God or humans? He said, this is an element of prayer. This is a characteristic of prayer. This woman, this woman was able to move the stony heart of a judge because she wouldn't quit. <laughs> Praise God. He said, shall not God avenge his own elect? which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. How many of you, how many of you, how many of you are crying day and night to God about your sickness, about your finances, about your careers, about your, who you're going to marry, about where to go to church? How many of you are crying day and night? The scripture says right here, will not God hear his people that cry day and night? He said, of course God is going to hear. But the reason why you can't hear from God is because you're not crying to God day and night. You're not crying to God day and night. You've got to start crying to God day and night. One scripture went so far as to say, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. He said, though he bear along with them. He said, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily, nevertheless. When the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith upon the earth? Praise God. Praise God. Christian people, listen to me good. I love you. The source of a lot of your problems is you don't pray enough. The reason why you're having a lot of stress and anxiety, you're not praying enough. The reason why your temper is short, because you don't have a prayer life. The reason why you don't have all in your lamp. You're not crying day and night before God. When is the last time you went in prayer with Kleenex and towels to wipe your tears? When is the last time you got in prayer like Christ and you sweating? Oh, my God. I hope I'm helping the church. I hope y'all not getting upset with me tonight. Amen. I hope y'all hear my heart. I'm trying to relay how God feels. 
God is letting you know that a lot of the reasons why you're struggling as a Christian is because your prayer life, you got to make it intentional. You've got to focus on it. You've got to carve out time. You've got to put it on a calendar. Listen, if you've got to schedule prayer on your calendar and put your phone on do not disturb, just like Jesus did, the scripture said, hey, y'all come pray. They didn't follow. And he said, okay. He said, okay. He said, okay. Even though y'all not coming to pray with me, he still made sure that he went. You got to put your prayer life as priority. Get rid of all the distractions. Y'all don't take anything away from this service tonight. It's, Lord, I've been sifted. I've been distracted. I'm not hearing from you. My senses are dull. My senses are dull. You know how you know if your senses are dull? Because you're not hearing the voice of God. And in order for you to hear God in major crises and decisions, you got to discipline yourself. you got to quit these five-minute prayers, jumping in the car, praying on the way to work. Praise God. you got to get all these idols out of your life. you got to get yourself a prayer life. Praise God. you got to get off of these, this quote diet. A lot of you going on social media and you getting quotes and that's your few. That can't be your spiritual few getting quotes and see who drop a quote and see who drop a tagline. No, man. You can't survive as a Christian on that. You don't need to, man, let me see who posts a scripture. No, you need to be praying, people of God. It's not the time to be slowful in prayer. Hallelujah. The scripture said, cry aloud and show my people their sin. The sin of the church is she don't pray enough. I say, let me say that again. The sin of the church is that she don't pray enough. She don't pray enough. The church got to come back to prayer. Praise God. And this younger generation, the millennials and people in the early 30s and all of that, man, we got so much access at our disposal, so many distractions. My God, you got a purpose, man. You got to get rid of a lot of that. <laughs> Praise God. You got to get rid of a lot of things that's fighting for your time. Tonight, you, got, you should say, you know what? I can find 30 minutes to pray because I know. Now I'm going to talk to you just straight talk, real talk. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that after I finish this teaching, you're not going straight to sleep. Many of you, that's something you wanted to go watch. But the Spirit of God is tugging at you. And guess what? Instead of going watch what you had programmed, why don't you go pray and watch that another time? Praise God. Oh, my God. Listen to me, church. The sin of the church is she not praying. And because she not praying, the devil can creep on in. The church got to return to prayer, praise God. All right, let me finish this last scripture, then we're going to go. Somebody saying do a part two. Bless God. We may do that because there's so much to this. Let me just, let me just give you this tip. Let me just give you this tip, and then we'll go. We'll go. We'll get out of here. I want to leave something with you to take. Somebody say, I'm praying tonight. I bet you, who's going to be bold enough and say, I'm going to pray tonight? Can I get somebody that's bold enough to say, I'm going to pray tonight? <laughs> Can I get somebody that's bold enough to say, I'm going to pray tonight, and I'm not going to let the devil stop me from praying? All right. 
Can I get somebody to say that as we get ready to pray? All right, let me show you something. Let me show you something. I need somebody that's going to be bold enough and say, you know what? I'm not going to watch that Netflix show. <laughs> I need somebody that's going to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to start building this prayer life one prayer session at a time. Listen to me, church. God is calling the church to prayer. That's where a lot of your anxieties are. That's why. Because you're not praying. You're not on your face. You're not sinking the face of God. We've got to get back to sinking the face of God, praise God. Listen to me, church. Get back to seeking God's face. Seek him while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. I'm telling you what the Spirit is telling you tonight. You're not praying enough. You have been sifted. God intends to get rid of that three-time-a-week prayer. Praying only when you come to church. Praying only when they call a prayer time. Get yourself a prayer life. Praise God. Get yourself a prayer life. I need somebody that's bold enough to say, I'm going to make sure I pray tonight. And then I need somebody that's bold enough to say this. I'm going to pray tonight, and I'm going to blanket that my sleep. I'm going to get up in the morning and pray. See, you've got to start building. You've got to start building. I'm going to seek him tonight, and I'm going to seek him in the morning. I'm going to seek him. And listen to me. This is a promise to you that if you seek God, the Bible says, seek and you shall find. It says, knock and the door shall be open. You need to start knocking. Some of you, when Jesus was talking about seeking and knocking, he was talking about praying. Somebody say, I'm going to pray tonight and I'm going to pray in the morning. Seek him. Call upon him. All right, let's go right here and we're getting ready to go. Luke 15 and 8. Church, here's a parable specifically for you that have been sifted specifically for you that have been sifted. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, prayer is like a piece of silver. If she lose one piece, some of you, you have lost your piece of silver called prayer. And be honest, say, Lord, I lost my silver coin of prayer. Does she not light a candle? Lighting a candle means this. I got to figure out where I lost it. I got to put the light on. God is saying, shine the light, trace back, go back and figure out how did the enemy knock me off of my prayer? Turn the light on, turn the light on, turn the light on, turn the light on. If she lose one piece, she light a candle and sweep the house. God is telling you tonight, church, start sweeping your house. He's talking about your spiritual house. Start going diligently into your mind, into your heart, and start tracing back. When did I stop praying? How did I lose my prayer life? Because if you don't go back and put a light on it and sweep the house, you're going to start rebuilding it, and then Satan is going to take it, and he's going to come at you the same way he did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says sweep the house. And seek diligently till he find it, till she find it. Listen to me. God is calling the church to get out of their ritualistic prayers that's not getting in touch with him. If you are not connected to God, if you are not in tune with God, if you are not hearing from God, 
You are a person that's praying out of routine, vain repetition. You're not getting confirmation. You're not connected. The Bible says she sought diligently until she found it. What that scripture is saying is this. Don't stop seeking God until you find that fervency in prayer. Until you get connected. Until you get confirmation. Until you hear from God. Listen to me, church. God is saying this. Number one, it's time out for all these lukewarm, ritualistic prayers that's not going to, his, to get into heaven. Okay? Them days over with. Them days over with. You're not going to find God like that. You're not going to find God like that. You've got to seek him. You've got to seek diligently, praise God. When she had found it, she called all her friends and her neighbors together and saying, rejoice with me. For I found a piece that I lost. <laughs> but what happens is, let me give you an indicator. When you're not praying, when you're not a person that pray a lot, you're going to start hiding. You're going to start being to yourself. But when you're a person that's praying a lot, you're going to be a strong person. And you're going to want to have people around you because God is going to be putting things in you. And you're going to be able to share some things. See, when you're a praying person then you're going to want people around you, praise God. And you're going to want them celebrating with you, praise God. You've got to find your prayer life. Listen to me, saints. You've been sifted out of your prayer life for months and weeks and days and years, some of you. Some of you, your prayer life is so cold. I mean, is them tongues so stale? Some of you, man, them tongues so stale. And I'm only saying it's not to hurt nobody's feelings. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. Amen. You need to, because if you're praying in tongues and you still got an attitude and things not changing, you might just have something familiar. You might just be praying tongues off memory. Because when you're really seeking after God, things about you going to change. Praise God. <laughs> and when you're really seeking God, people are going to notice a difference. They're going to see that spirit. Amen. The church, make up in your mind that I'm praying tonight. I'm praying in the morning. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to recover my prayer life. God sent this word to you tonight to try to help you. Many of you, you have lost your prayer life, and you can't. some of you haven't heard the voice of God in years. Humble yourself and admit it. Humble yourself and admit it. Humble, be humble enough to admit that I don't get confirmation from God. God is not speaking to me. Let's close this up. Likewise, I say unto you, there's joy in heaven in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repented. <laughs> All right. Let me bring this service to a close. Let me bring this service to a close. Praise God. Praise God. Saints, listen. You have been a, your prayer life has been under attack, telling you straight up. It's going to be under attack. You've got to be humble enough to admit, man, I pray once a week. I'm talking about closet, real sincere prayer. Well, I don't pray at all. I pray at church. That's what carnality comes from. Until you make up in your mind, you might say, well, I don't know how to pray. Start by being honest. Start by being sincere. It's just communication. It's talking to God. Praise God. You've got to admit it. A lot of mistakes you make is not because of other people. It's because you don't pray. You don't have a prayer life. You've got to build your prayer life. If you don't take the time to intentionally construct a real fervent prayer life, you're going to stay feeling defeated, anxious, depressed, weak, falling in temptation, praise God. This is my appeal to you. Build your prayer life, praise God. 
Build your prayer life. Some of you, you gotta admit, I haven't been praying like I'm supposed to. I got too many other things going on. You can't, you can't, your prayer life can't look like the culture on the go, praying on the go. Nah, man, you gotta, hey, if you know you got somewhere to be in the morning, man, listen, God is looking for people that's gonna shift their life to pray. The only way you can find power with God, you gotta start shifting some things. You gotta start moving some things. You gotta start planning prayer time. Let me get ready to go. Hallelujah. Somebody say I'm gonna be a mere prayer life. I've been distracted. I've been sifted, but I'm going to get my prayer life back. Sanctify yourself in prayer. That's what my message was on tonight in our midweek service. Building a prayer life. Recovering a prayer life. Realize you've been sifted. And be honest, man. Don't let your time and your title and all that. If you know you don't have a prayer life, stop fooling yourself and get a real prayer life. Get you a real prayer life. Amen. Get you a real prayer life that gets in contact with God that you hear from God, you're getting confirmation from God, you're in a place with God. Amen. It's time out for all of these people that saying they're Christians and don't have a prayer life. That's why you're losing. You're losing because you don't pray enough. Build your prayer life. Amen. Let's get ready to go. Numbers chapter 6. <laughs> Amen. And guess what, y'all? It can happen to anybody. Anybody can be sifted. But not everybody going to be humble enough to admit they don't have a prayer life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Consistency. You got to get it. You got to get it. All right. Well, all right. Let me just close this in prayer. We're going to go. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for the people of God tonight, God. I pray that somebody was in tune with us tonight, God, as we just simply talked about building a prayer life. God, the enemy, God, has sought out to sift the people of God. And even in this season, God, you have shared with us God, how the enemy is going to use this season of us not gathering together as we're accustomed as an opportunity to destroy the weak people of God. But God, in this season, if the saints of God, if the people of God have a mind to stay in this Christian faith and to be strong in this season, God, let them see the importance of building a prayer life. God, let them realize, oh God, that if their prayer is not consistent, God, if their prayer is not fervent, God, if their prayer is not sincere before you, God, God, that they're going to be defeated, oh God. Let them take responsibility and accountability for their prayer or the lack thereof. God, let them see, God, that many of the, the failures and the shortcomings and the falling into temptations is a direct result, praise God, of lack of prayer. God, the Christian world, God, must pray. God, some of us, God, pray, God, once a week, God, only in church, God, every now and then, God, and that's what makes Christians carnal. God, that's what calls Christians not to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hallelujah. God, break the yokes off of people tonight. God, break the barriers, God, things in their heart and in their mind. God, when they get ready to pray and distractions come in their mind, God, help them to push through it, oh God. God, teach them the value of prayer. God, the fervency of prayer, the importance of prayer. God, let the people of God return to their closets, oh God. God, you don't want to compete with Netflix and Facebook and Instagram, God, and gossiping and all of this. God, you want the people of God praying, oh God. God, help us to pray, Lord God. 
God, sincerely, oh God, with a humble heart, God, and a humble mind, oh God, God, and help them to find people in their lives, God, that when they get weak, oh God, God, that somebody in their life, God, will love them enough to pray for them, God, that they can see the attack of the enemy on their friend, God, and speak a word to them, hallelujah, and let them know, oh God, that the Satan, God, is up to a specific plot. God, give friends insight into the plots of the enemy on their friend, oh God, and give them wisdom. God, that's how the body is supposed to operate. God, saints covering one another in prayer. God, saints going to one another with a word of knowledge and letting them know specifically, hey, sis, Satan is about to send this type of God to you. That's not the one. Hey, my brother, this type of sister coming, that's not the one. But be patient. Wait on God. God, help us to graduate into these levels, oh God. God, help us to pray, oh God. God, return the church to prayer, God. To move us from the distractions. God, move us from all of the things that's occupying our time, oh God. God, just like the athlete, got to be disciplined and pray, God. God, let the saints know, God, that prayer is like a silver coin, oh God. God, and some of them, God, they have lost that coin, oh God. God, let them recover that coin. God, and even as David, oh God, God, when his house was burned, God, and his wives were taken, and his children, oh God. God, and he went in prayer, oh God. God, and he sought you, oh God. God, and you let him know, God, God, that he would recover all. So it is with the people of God. God, as they end in prayer, God, God, they will recover their prayer lives, God. God, I speak it tonight, God. God, I command it to be so, God. God, every barrier, God. God, that's been blocking the prayer lives of your people, God. God, whatever the enemy has been throwing at them, oh God. God, remove them barriers, oh God. God, remove the fatigue, God. God, the grudges, oh God. God, help them to forgive so they can get breakthroughs in prayer. God, help them to release the grudges, oh God. God, so they can connect with you, oh God. God, it's time for the church to get prayers through, oh God. God, we need to pray, oh God. Help her to recover her prayer life, oh God. God, help the saints to recover that coin of prayer, oh God. Because that's why she's losing, oh God. God, that's why, God, she cannot, oh God, be strong, God. God, that's why the people of God are not, the kingdom of God is not manifesting in their lives. It's because of a lack of prayer, oh God. God, help us to pray, God. Give us a mind to pray, God. Give us a heart to pray, God. God, about anything and everything, oh God. God, you, God, you created us to pray, God. You designed us to pray, God. You desire for us to pray, God. God, you want us to pray. You want to talk to us about everything we face, God. God, help your people learn to pray, God. Church, we got to pray. We got to pray. Get in your closets and call upon God. Call upon him while he's near. Sink him while he may be found. For now is the day of salvation, the acceptable year of the Lord. But don't wait until it's too late. And when you're praying and the door has been shut and the door has been closed and no man can pray. But Jesus said, work while it's day for the night is coming. He said, when the night comes, no man can work. But there's a time that's going to come when God is going to shut the door and you won't be able to get in prayer. And you won't, it'll be too late. When the Lord comes and get his bride out of this world, it's over. So before that time's come, you need to be getting in prayer. You need to be getting all in your lamp. 
Don't be like the foolish virgins with no oil in their lamp and not seeking the face of the Lord. Get oil in your lamp. Begin to call upon God. Begin to pray. Seek him. I don't care what you had planned to do tonight. Cancel those plans. God is calling you to prayer. The many of you, God, miss you. The many of you had good prayer lives. The many of you had fervent prayer lives. The many of you had strong prayer lives. So you have been distracted like the woman that was in the house. Do you need to get your prayer life back? Do you need to get your prayer life back? The many of you, God, do you have been sifted of prayer? God has given you an opportunity before it's too late. The time is short. The time is short. Hallelujah. The time is short. It's not time to be distracted. It's time to pray. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, God, let the spirit of prayer visit the church. Hallelujah. God, let the spirit of prayer visit the morning women, God. God, let the spirit of prayer visit the prophetesses and the prophets and the apostles. God, release the spirit of prayer in the earth realm to the believers. God, we need to pray. God, even as Peter, God, was going up to the temple to pray, God. God, when that man was sitting at the gate begging, oh God. God, it's because he was in prayer consistently, God. God, remove this inconsistent prayer from the saints. God, the saints are too inconsistent in prayer. God, but as Peter was going to pray, God, hallelujah, Lord. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. As Peter was going to prayer, the man was impotent, God. God, but the fervency of the, and the consistency of the man of God prayer had him in a place, God, where he could speak to that condition. God, return us to prayer, God, so that we can speak to conditions in mountains, in our families, God, in our homes, God. God, we can't get things moved because we're not praying. Hallelujah. Return us to prayer, God. Let your bride begin to cry out like she used to, God. God, your bride was a praying bride, oh God. God, let her carve out time of prayer tonight, oh God. God, deal with our hearts, oh God. God, that we will be honest, God, and admit, God, that we don't pray like we used to pray, God. God, deal with us, oh God. Deal with us, oh God. Deal with us, oh God. God, the church don't pray like she used to pray, God. Help us. Bring us back into the spirit of prayer. God, deal with your people, God. God, let them realize, oh God, that it's going to take diligence to find you, God. God, put it in our heart to seek you, God. Visit them where they are, God. Deal with them, oh God. Let them know, God, that it's your voice. The scripture says, in the day that you hear his voice, harden not your heart, praise God. God is calling you to prayer. Church, God is calling you to prayer. Mm. Some of you, you need to be praying for your spouse. They're battling. You need to be praying for your children. They're under attack. Oh, God, so much we need to be praying about. God, the church is distracted, oh, God. God, the church is distracted, oh, God. Our time is occupied. 
God, her time is occupied with leisure and pleasure, God. God, she has so much at her disposal, God, so much fighting for her time, God. God, 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 I pulled down, God, these strongholds, God. God, break the distractions of the minds of your people, oh God. Mm. Well, she can't even pray 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Church is distracted, God. Hallelujah, Lord God. Oh, God, return your people to prayer, God. Let your people be humble enough to admit, God, that they don't pray. Let the church repent for her slowfulness. Hallelujah, Lord God, I thank you for your mercy, for sending us a word to let us know, God, that the enemy has sent an attack to distract our prayer life. Hallelujah, Lord God. And we need to start shifting our priorities, shifting them, oh God, carving our prayer time. Hallelujah, Lord God. That's why we lose. God, that's why we get defeated. That's why we feel depression. God, that's why we feel anxiety. God, not because your hand is short, not because you stop saving. God, that's why we feel our flesh. God, that's why we feel our anger. That's why we feel tempers. God, not because the power of God, God has shrunk or has gotten weaker. It is because the church is not praying. The church is not a church of prayer. Help her, God. Help her, God. She's feeble in prayer. God, we, God, we, God, have to take accountability for the weakness of our prayer lives, God. Help her, Lord. Help us pray. Help us, God. Help your people in prayer, God. God, many people struggling to pray. Many people struggling in their prayer life. God, when they go down in prayer tonight, meet them, God. Hallelujah. Father, when they, God, because of their sacrifice, God, as they move these TV shows out of the way. God, as they move this social media time out of the way. God, as they move laundry out of the way. God, as they move anything out of the way, God, that's blocking them. God, show them, God, that you sent this word. And meet them tonight in prayer, God. Visit your people tonight, God, in their closet. Oh, God, visit your people. Those that are struggling in prayer, God, I come in agreement with them right now. Help them tonight. Help them, God. Help them break through tonight, God. Send angels to visit them in their closets. God, let their prayers be sincere, God, and fervent, God. God, no more stale prayers, God. No more ritualistic prayers. God, no more vain prayers. God, no more long prayers with God pretense. God, no more prideful prayers. Hallelujah. But God, touch our heart tonight, God. And let our hearts be tender. Let our hearts be broken, God. Let our spirits break before you. Let our spirits be crushed before you in prayer tonight, God. Hallelujah. God, and we repent, God, for our slowfulness in prayer. 
repent, God. Forgive your bride, Jesus, for her lack of spending time with you. Forgive her for her idolatries. Forgive her, Lord. Help her to find her discipline in prayer. Put oil in the lamp of your bride. Honor their sacrifice tonight. Honor their commitment tonight. As they go out to pray. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. God bless you on tonight. Thank you for tuning in to our midweek service. I pray that I spoke something by God's spirit that pricked your heart and provoked you to rebuild your prayer life. Amen. Don't go back and get that corner of prayer. God bless you. We love you. Amen. Amen. And thank you for all of you that have been contributing to us online. Continue to support even as we go through this season. Amen. As we're transitioning, thank you for all of you that have been blessing and being a blessing to this work. Continue to be a blessing. Amen. So that we can continue to serve you and get through this season strong. Amen. God bless you on tonight. We love you.